Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Three, two, one, boom. I don't even think I do it that way, but what's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome back to the Coach HP Show, the number one positivity podcast in the world, on the planet, in el mundo. Ciento por ciento garantizado, 100% guaranteed, no importa el idioma, doesn't matter the language, doesn't matter what time of day you listen to it, it is the number one positivity show on the internet. Nobody is slanging more positivity 24-7, nonstop, than the coach, through the show, through the guests I have on. If you haven't yet, which I have no idea why you have not, please subscribe to the show, subscribe to the movement, subscribe to the mindset that the winning is in the giving, subscribe that positivity wins, might not win at this moment, but it wins long-term, long-run. Subscribe to building relationships, building relationships across the board, relationships, Optimism, positivity, good vibes, good energy. With that said, today's guest on the Coach HP Show, episode 91. This dude started ground level, started from the bottom and worked his way up, worked his way up, worked his way up to create a tremendous, not only does he have a tremendous product, quality, brand, but the product is actually good. It's fun. He sells fun. He is fun. I'm a big fan of this dude. I think he has a big, big, big future ahead of him. He's already had one win, huge win under his belt with his company. But I think this dude's the future. He's involved. He's in the mix. He's ground level. He's shaking hands. He's getting to know people. He's winning people over. He's charismatic. He's doing everything a winner who double wins, who becomes legendary is doing so without further delay. On this episode of the Coach HP Show, episode 91, episodio 91, 91, none other than my man, Josh Miller, co-creator of Owens Mixers. Let's go. Don't got enough to go pop it. I'm about to take off like a Rocky. Houston, we might have a problem, but that don't mean money or something. No, that don't mean money or something. Woke up dreaming of the commas, and I got $100 in my wallet. I've been trying to make it do it for my mama. I ain't with the fake and never with the drama, she said. Three, two, one, boom, Josh, and we're on. Dude, we we saw Sir Mixer a lot, man. When did you think of that name? 
You know, I can't take full credit for that. Before before Sir Mixer Lot, I was the ketchup king, and I needed to stay uh, within the, the royalty of names. And uh, a friend of mine, when I was coming up with uh, Owen's Mixer's idea, she goes, you know you know what your name has to be? And I go, no, what? And she goes, Sir Mixer Lot. And I was like, oh, my God, like, like how much do I owe you for this right now? <laughs> um, Josh, your brand, bro, it's fun. It's fun. How much responsibility do you feel to be the fun guy? Uh, I'd say it comes natural. Like, you know, what's funny is if you ever meet my brother-in-law and my, he's my business partner, we've known each other since like little league baseball, mind you. Um, we're very different people, but we share a competitive spirit, but I definitely like to have a lot of fun. Um, and I think that the goal of the brand is to be approachable to everyone. And uh, when we say summon your spirits animal, I mean like summon your spirits animal. Like, let's see it. Dude, I love that. Talk to me, Little League. What position did you play? Uh, what position did I play? Yeah. Uh, so I was center field. Well, I was shortstop until I had too many errors probably. Moved me to center field. I found the best use for my ability was the knuckleball. So I would literally eat up innings. Like, they would throw me out there. And I'd be out there, and sometimes people would just – hit an absolute bomb off me or people would just be missing left and right. I didn't know where it was going. That's the beauty of a knuckleball. Nobody like, does. Nobody <laughs> knows where you're going. Dude, so to what age did you pitch? Uh, so I made it all the way till about freshman year of college. Uh, I was trying to um, live out a dream with uh, baseball at Sonoma State. Quickly realized college sports weren't for me. Uh, coincidentally, my brother-in-law played football at UCLA all four years. Uh, we're a little bit of a height difference. He's about six foot five. I'm about five foot seven. So, dude, and you're a California guy, right? Yeah, we're both from the Bay Area, uh, Portola Valley to be exact, right just south of San Francisco, 45 minutes. Are you a Giants fan? Uh, you, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I'm all Boston sports. My uh, my entire family's East Coast, and I was like deeply rooted in Boston history. So I didn't stand a chance. But if I were to choose a secondary team, it was always the Giants. I saw Barry Bonds's uh, 70th. 73rd nice. uh, and one other career milestone. But yeah, love the Giants. Who's your favorite Red Sox player? So I was bummed. Uh, he just left because I went to University of South Carolina. Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, was my most recent favorite Red Sox player. But like I would say Nomar back in the day was like just like the grittiness and um, how aggressive and competitive he was. And then um, – you know, people people forget Manny Ramirez when he was on the Red Sox, Red Sox was a terror. Like savage, bro. Savage. The dude was scary coming up to the plate. Yeah. You, yeah. you just felt like I remember when we got him from the Indians. I just remember thinking to myself, "Holy God, we're about to be that team." And then in 2003, if you remember when the Yankees won, of course, and, of course, it was the most devastating experience in my life as a sophomore in high school. Dude, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of Big Poppy's success has to do with Manny. Because got yeah. Manny is a hitting nerd. He doesn't look it with the dreads and he plays crazy yeah. in the outfield, but he's a hitting nerd. And that took Big Poppy to, to a whole new level, man. Well, a lot of people also don't realize that the type of pitches that Big Poppy saw because Ramirez was also there. Yeah. You know, yes. you got to remember in a lineup, people strategically pitch to certain people a certain way. They walk a lot of people. But when you have Ramirez, but keep in mind, Dustin Pedroia was there uh, at leadoff or at the two spot. Then you got 
usually Ramirez, then Big Poppy, and then um, they had some other great hitters in there. Yeah, my boy Mike Lowell there, bro. There you go. <laughs> so, like, Dude. I understand the, the type of pitches that Big Poppy was seeing. He's hitting dingers. Do you ever think you'd own a, a mixer? I always thought that I would own my own brand. I, I can't. You know, I came up with an idea in college called Jungle Juice, and I wanted to like essentially package spirit with mixer in the same package where you dump them into a container. My mm -hmm. idea was I have a container, you put a spirit in there, you put the Jungle Juice mixer in there, you pull those out, and then you dump those into the container. And I thought of that idea in college, never went through with it, but it's funny how it comes full circle to where now I'm running a, a craft mixer brand. A little, nice. more, little more upscale. A little more upscale. So Here's a fun fact about me, bro. I worked four years in the nightclub business in Las Vegas. Okay. I have never had a drink in my life. I so, love that. So You're the best people to hire. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, especially in what, those what kind of spots. What uh, I ran the, I started off as a promoter at Hyde in the Bellagio. I remember Hyde really you remember well. Hyde? Well, there's that steak restaurant um, that overlooks the Bellagio Fountains. Prime. Yeah. Prime. Very so prime, yeah, prime. The promoter tables were right. Yes, sir. Yes, yep. sir. So I started off as a promoter, then I worked my way up to be director of uh, customer development, and I lived at the Mandarin Oriental right there at the Aria, which was the best, bro, for four years. Yeah, a mixer is a mixer alcoholic or is that non-alcoholic? Completely non-alcoholic. So our we we don't want to compete with alcohol. We want to be liquor's best friend, right? Like we want to be the the Robin to your Batman, the peanut butter to the jelly, peanut butter to the jelly, baby. I like it. I like it. When you are in this world, which I love, man, because I think of you guys and it's just fun. And the whole thing, I love the donkey. What's up with the donkey? Who thought of that? Yeah. So our first product was a ginger beer with lime juice in it. So geared towards Moscow mules. And we wanted to create a mascot for the brand because candidly, you see too many brands out there with BS stories, right? Where they're like, they try to make up such a fictitious, ridiculous story to where the consumer is much more educated today and they read right through it. And I felt like the goal of our brand, when talking with Tyler, we were like, what is our ethos? Well, we are stubborn for quality, just like a mule would be stubborn. Um, we want something that carries our portfolio entirely, meaning, and the mule, you know, is by nature a pack mule, you know, you carry stuff. Right. And then more importantly, we want something that was easy to understand and see. So what we love about all of our packaging is you'll notice our mule is the focal point of all the packaging. Ingredients are on the bottom, brand name on the top, and then on the very top, what the purpose of the product is, what it pairs with. So we literally put the mule on there so that it would be easy to recognize in retail because a lot of people don't realize majority of retail shoppers, it's roughly 65% women right-handed. You, you basically, when you look at a shelf, you go left to right, just like when you read a piece of paper. So when you see us on a shelf, you'll always notice we're always perfectly lined up, color coordinated. We're very specific about how we are positioned on the shelf. And more importantly, that branding is what people always say when I say, oh, I make cocktail mixers. I'm always flattered when people know it right away. But I'll say, you know, the one with the mule on it or the donkey. And they'll, they'll smile like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it on Barcelona or whatever. Um, so that was the purpose of it. But it's funny because 
we were going to put my great, great grandfather directly on the front of the logo as the, as the symbol, right? My great, great grandfather was an Irish immigrant migrated to the United States in 1864, opened the first bar general store in Portland, Maine with his brother. The heritage behind this is absurd. So we named it Owens. We go to like make a caricature of him to put him on the label. And I go, this just looks like a boring white dude. Like, this isn't fun. <laughs> this ain't those equis. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, I was like, let's let's do something out of the box here. If everybody else has got like weird like symbols and initials, let's let's put a mule on there. Let's make us fun. So that's how we got to it. Bro, you mentioned something that is dear to my heart. So you mentioned Barstool, the first guest on my show was Erica Nardini. I was on her podcast. The queen. What a smart move that was for you guys, man. Talk to me through that whole process. How did you think of that? How did you come up with that? What's the deal like? That was huge, man. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So Barstool is a nonstop 24-7 engine that seems to get more powerful by the second. Um, like I said, majority of my family is from Boston. I, I actually lived in Boston for four months. I remember like bl Barstool blackout parties. In, uh, I was living in Southie at the time. Coincidentally, our distributor in um, Massachusetts would sponsor all the parties uh, that they would have in Boston that Dave was throwing back in the day. This is before the Barstool that you see today, the polished, you know, really like well-balanced machine that they are today. Back in the day, Dave still has the mindset of a complete hustler and get stuff done. But I was following it for a long time. Fast forward um, to, I'd say, just a couple years ago, I had been really admiring what they were doing with podcasts because similar to, to what you're doing, Coach, is like you're captivating an audience through audio, but you're also bringing visual components of video. And then you can slice up you know, different um, segments of, of podcasts. And what I love about it is for advertisers, it gets you into very specific audiences. When we were looking at Barstool and we were looking at our brand, I knew we had the best liquid of any mixer out there. And more importantly, I was uh, Tyler and I were talking about the only thing in our way right now is overall brand awareness. Um, when people try our product, we have found that not only do they repeat buy, but they are more inclined to try the rest of our line. So if they start with ginger beer, then they get the grapefruit, they get the margarita, whatever. What we really needed is higher impact to a cult-like following, aka Barstool's following. Barstool has the most loyal, uh, aggressive, and positive fans out there. And what we really wanted to do is tap into an audience where we could create that baseline type cult-like following for Owens. So um, Barstool people have been coming to our events over the years. It was It's kind of crazy. We would throw these parties, not like the Barstool blackout parties, but it would be like really like cool cocktail parties at Tau, at Up and Down, at One Oak. Um, we do it at PhD. And so they would start coming to our parties. And they would always be like, we got to work together. We got to work together. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, we're not a national brand yet. When we get to that phase, we're going to be ready for you. Right. I kid you not, in 2019, towards the tail end, we get uh, roughly 91% of the U.S. population covered with distribution. We're finally in about 6,500 retail stores. And I said to Tyler, I was like, we got to work with them now. Like now more than ever, we're probably a little bit premature with this, but like, let's, let's get in with them Fuck now. It. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Ride. <laughs> Tyler was like, dude, you sure? I was like, 
trust me, we got to go for it. And to Tyler's credit, he just went full force. He's like, let's get a deal done. I um, knew uh, Riggs through a couple mutual friends and um, Riggs was going to be down at Super Bowl and their sales team was like, hey, you should come down to Super Bowl golf with Riggs. Let's all meet up. I go down to Super Bowl 2020. So right before the global pandemic hits and I go golfing with Riggs. Is that the one here in Miami? Uh, correct. correct. Where'd you guys go golfing? So we played at, uh, it's in North Miami Beach at, um, totally blanking on the course. It's uh, like 20 minutes from where that Four Seasons is, or like 15 minutes. Okay. It's yes. in Miami Beach. It's like North Miami Beach. Yes. Was Did you like it? Gorgeous course. Okay. I, I mean, I just picked up golf, so that was not a fun experience, but there was tons <laughs> of Owens, right? Right, right. Um, so it matters. And the best part is Riggs goes, God, this mint cucumber lime is lights out. And he's like housing cocktails. Mind you, they had one of like the barstool parties the night before. So we're all like hurt. And on fire. You guys are on fire. I'm like, we got we to gotta start, you know, boozing up. Turned to Riggs and I said, you know, you talk about transfusions nonstop as your favorite cocktail. Why don't we come out with a transfusion mix for you? And he's like, what do you mean transfusion mix? I go, what I like about Owens is you can pick whatever vodka you want, whatever tequila you want. Endless choices of spirits. Just choose your own mixer to pair with it. His eyes lit up. I go back to the sales team. I go, I think Riggs is in. Like, you know, there's there's the guy that's going to be the spokesperson for the brand and foreplay in general. And literally, we put a deal together in under a month. And then we launched the partnership in April 2020, middle or start of the pandemic. I remember seeing it because I remember seeing the donkey. I, I loved the black with the red and the donkey. I remember seeing it on the rundown. Rundown, we did it. I mean, so we have a multi-year partnership. We're the exclusive cocktail mixer of Barstool Sports. We came out with that co-branded product, the Transfusion Mix. We sold a million cans in the first 120 days. Now, wow. uh, today, it's in 17,000 stores. That type of Talking, about, talking about stores, I saw you did something with Publix. What do you know about Publix, bro? Publix, pub subs, baby. Five bucks, or maybe it's six now. But I How do you know Publix? Publix? How do you know about Publix? Because that's not West Coasting. Dude, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. I, I go to every retailer in the world. You know what I mean? I got to know it. But Publix, best one of the best retailers in the Dude, world by far. Out of Lakeland? It's, it's, it's comparable. I lived in Los Angeles for six years. So it's almost like a food line. I'm sorry, Ralph's kind of thing. It's Ralph's. Like a Ralph's. Ralph's is a really high quality Kroger banner. So um, it's like it's right there under Whole Foods. You know, like Whole Foods being the organic, whatever. What I like about it is the price points are good. It's easier. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course, of course. And like, you know, when I say pub subs, yeah. those sandwiches are fire. Yeah. So my dad worked for Pepsi for 30 years as a merchandiser. So I used to go when I was small, bro, and stock up the shelves. It sucks. But I used to do that. DSD. You're going you in and making sure if there's a hole. And your product's supposed to be there. You're measured on whether that's dude. Filled. We had blue collar as can get, buddy. You don't understand if, if at the time if you needed two sunkiss and the sunkiss are under ten Pepsi things, you got to move all ten to put the two things in. Crazy. You mentioned something there about the order of stuff. Does that mean you guys train all your employees to this is how I want it done? Everything. Yeah, I mean my background. And it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the Pepsi thing. I worked for Honest Tea back in the day before Coca-Cola acquired us. I was going into Kmart's selling floor stacks at the age of 19, 18. Wow. It was wild, dude. And I would go with these Coca-Cola reps, and it I loved it. 
I'm with like 45 year olds. I'm like 18. You're 18, man. Albany, New York. I'm in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I'm in the most random places in the world, but I'm like with Coca-Cola distributors. And at the time I'm like, this is the shit. Like I get to go and sell products. And I would, and what they always loved is I would fix the shelves while I was there, whether it was my product or theirs, I'd always make sure. And they go, that's, that's the attention to detail you need to have throughout your career. And that's really where I learned retail programming. But, um, the way we train people, when I worked at, um, you know, I'm getting all over the place, but Tesla. Go everywhere you want, bro. I had I had the benefit of being the first intern at Tesla on the sales and marketing side. Wow. And I remember back in 2000, and this was 2010. This is before, this is like when Tesla maybe wasn't going to make it or not. You know, they were burning tons of capital. They just gone public. The stock was only at like 25 bucks a share. Mm-hmm. What I always admired about Tesla is they were so particular about how they train people and and so methodical about their sales pitch and how they walk through each item in the exact order. And you could stray away a little bit, but you're basically in an outline. And the reason being is that they would always say, we don't want to confuse the customer with the facts. We want to make sure that we give them the perfect picture of what to expect when you're buying this car because it's a technology. And if we come off as the car salesman, used car salesman, all we're doing is falling into this like spider web of negativity of the industry. And we want to be looked at as a technology company first and a car company second. And that always resonated with me where when we're talking about Owens, impact statements and facts are very key because I like to, I like to be a personality driven seller, but based on facts. If I'm telling you that you're going to sell more Moscow mules by switching to my ginger beer and lime versus another ginger beer, I want to back it up with exact stats on accounts that have switched, how much the increase is created, and be able to say to them with complete certainty, this is a better business choice for you. When you get to that level of selling, the sky is the limit if you put a Game over. Bro, game over. Game over. It's so funny you said that. So Steve Wynn used to own the Bellagio. He used to own Vegas. A a lot of them. When he owned the Bellagio, bros, when the Bellagio was gangster, like it was the thing. He would be the type of guy that he would he trained everybody to look at the lights in the ceiling, like these small details. Everybody like this. The minute it went to MGM, completely different. When it went corporate, it completely changed, bro. So I understand when people have that kind of attention to detail, to the service and the standard and the experience that, bro, you can't lose. When you do that with a good product, forget about it. I think the other huge thing for that is your respect for other people, right? Like what I really admire about great companies and brands and sales leadership is that they make every person in the room feel important. And I think that that attention to detail to make sure like, even when someone is like, you know, let's say you're at a hotel and you're like, you're like, Hey, can I get a quick water? And someone grabs you water. You need to make them feel like they, them getting you water was a big deal to you because then they're going to want to do their job with a smile and stuff like that. But I would say that what I've just realized about all these companies that I've had the pleasure of working for is that like the attention to detail is what you're describing with Steve Wynn is the most important piece of this. And also not misrepresenting, right? Cause then, you get caught in something. It's not a fun, fun thing to be called out on. No, you're absolutely right, dude. I saw an IG story thing of you playing golf. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. You, you play lefty? 
I'm a, I'm a hefty lefty. Like me, bro. You lefty. I use the two gloves, though. I rock the two gloves. Tommy, two I, gloves, huh? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I like like the baseball thing. Yeah, I, keep your I, hands clean. I rock the, the two gloves. What type of driver do you use? So did OJ Simpson. I think he used two gloves. No. He uh, did. I think he used one. Yeah. Uh, or they found fit. one. They if found one. If it fit. They found um, one. I use a TaylorMade Sim. Um, I've not upgraded to the Sim 2. I will say the technology might be too good for me to be swinging. You're playing Blades? Uh, I am switching to P790s, not True Blades yet. Not I'm on the, I'm on Ping G410s right now. So a little, nice, bit, little bit of a cavity, so the forgiving shots. A little forgiving. That's how you got to do it. What type of ball are you using? Right now, I'm on, uh, honestly, the trend of TPX5s, okay. uh, TaylorMades. But uh, I will tell you, I met a really cool brand called Cut Golf that specializes in making like Pro V1 similar type balls. Nice. I met the guy, Sam, and I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed talk, chatting with him. And he's a hustler. I like to support a lot of the smaller brands if I can. With golf clubs, there's not really a lot of small brands out there because right. it's so expensive. You saw TaylorMade yesterday sold for like $1.6 billion. Yeah. It, crazy. So no you can imagine how hard it would be to start a, a golf club company. To right do now. a startup, man. I love, I'm a fan of golf, man. I love, I love golf. Just the vibe of it and the overall thing is, to me, is... Is awesome. Social media. You mentioned their social media, dude. You're a guy now, good looking dude, charismatic, young. Who's paying you? Nobody, buddy. This is a, this is a, this is the most positive show on the internet, brother. I love it. Social media, man. How do you view it with you? You're starting now to do more podcasts, more interviews, more stuff as the stuff as uh, the news came out and stuff like that, man. Do you see it like, okay, I'm gonna attack this. I'm gonna make this fun. I'm going to be more business. How do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Candidly, I don't like the glorification of my like personal uh, Instagram and stuff like that and presence on social media. I like the attention to be drawn towards the business because ultimately that's why I got in this. Right. Um, I think when people are clout chasing and going out there for themselves, it's a slippery slope of like if you get a taste of the celebrity, then does it become your focus and does it like – almost like create this like facade where you're not really who you are. And I don't like that. I, I like the idea of being pure and true to yourself. Um, I do love the idea of being active with podcasts and telling our story because there's so many entrepreneurs out there that don't realize that they're not the only ones going through a struggle. Um, there have been dark, dark days at Owens and, and even recently in last year and throughout the time. And I, you know, you get anxiety while you're doing it because you're like, am I doing this right? Are we going to make it? There's all How old are you now, Josh? I'm 31. So you're a baby. When it was that dark, bro. And you're sitting there with the brother-in-law <laughs> and you're like, bro, this is gonna, this is, this is not looking good. What's going through your head? Uh, there's th like, I'm thinking about every person that's bet on me to win. I'm not thinking about anybody that's betting on me to not win, right, or against me. Thinking about my uncle, my mom, uh, my friends that invested, stuff like that. And I'm like, and what I love about Tyler, uh, phenom athlete, but also sharpest person I've ever met. We look at each other and we're like, we're not going to fucking fail. Like, sorry, it's not an option. I, I said to Tyler – I will literally walk and walk up and down the streets of Manhattan selling door to door like a like a vacuum salesman 
uh, until we make our money back. If, if failure was in sight, right? Like I, right. I, I just, there's no, there's no scenario where we don't succeed in my opinion. And it, you can think that I'd be lying to you if that fixes the the feeling of anxiety and stress, it doesn't. But, um, uh, somebody really like that it stayed with me was like, you know, you live in the world of back against the wall or in, a, in between a rock and a hard place. And that's where you thrive the most. You may not like it, but that's where you find yourself with the most success. If things are going too well and you're not stressed, something is wrong. And you just, yeah, cause you're not pushing, you're not pushing yourself and you're not doing, it's funny because in the nightclub world, every night is like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because, oh, we had a great night. Cool. But then you're open again tomorrow and you got to sell tables and you got to create the experience. Span, right? it, it never, never, never stops, man. And it's hard because the customer, when I was there, everybody, Hakkasan, Encore, all the places had really big DJs. Op, uh, Omnia, Marquee. And we didn't have a budget for that. So we literally had to create environment-based. We were open format, which helped us out. But it was literally the view of the fountains and the vibe we created inside. And the people that are there. Exactly. With the vibe of, of us creating the vibe and hosting and, and being able to make you feel at home. And if you walked in right now, we'd have Owens on the thing. We have a donkey with pictures for you to, you know, the whole thing. So I totally get what you're talking about, man. For you, as you were on this journey, what was the toughest part of you dealing with the come up? What did you find like, fuck, I hate this part of this, man. What was it? Uh, I can I can identify three times where I'm like, what did I just get myself into? Really? Number one, um, before this, I was executive vice president of Sir Kensington's. We sold to Unilever. It was a, a gourmet ketchup mayonnaise mustard brand. Very random. Uh, my buddy Scott came up with the idea while we were in college. I, I literally was first employee of like selling it and everything. Nice. We, we were like rags to riches story in the sense of we grew it. Now, the exit wasn't as perfect as we wanted to be but like look we sold to Unilever it was awesome I went from like hustling for six years to like get to the point where the company was being sold and then I jumped off the top of the totem pole and went all the way back down and started a business with my brother-in-law when Tyler came back from Pennsylvania where our products made um with the first production run um of of our our ginger beer he shows up. We had a, a Honda Civic hybrid that he packed in 26 big cases. This dude is a monster. He's six foot five, right? So like he's already like in a clown car to begin with. Right. But the um the actual frame of the car was beyond the wheel, so it must have been rubbed. The tires looked like shit, but he drove it like three hours back. We open up the box and the labels are all fucked up. Like wow. just like totally like some are torn off. Like it just looks so bad. And I came from a world where like perfection on product and imagery was so key. And I, I felt that and Tyler felt that as well. And I remember I was like carrying the cases up, but I wanted to stay positive because I was like, if I show that I'm disappointed to Tyler or vice versa, we're just going to like feel terrible about this. But when I was upstairs, I'm like looking at the cases and like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, what did I just do? Like, I'm starting a cocktail mixer brand. Like, come on, like you had a cushy job. Like, but, um, that was number one. That was like dark, right? Like, you know, where you're like, why did I do this? Right. There was number two, 
I would say when we hired our, uh, we hired an employee and it was our first experience where we got wronged in the situation. They were doing some, some inappropriate stuff. And I remember thinking, my God, like, how could you like want to do this to a small business? Like y- y- it's a family here, right? You're like, people suck, huh? When people that suck, happens. right? And you have this like bad taste and you're like, what are you doing? Like literally, yeah. what are you doing? Like, come on. Um, and then that's what I also, that was like a defining moment was don't expect things out of people that will disappoint you. Meaning like just stay positive with it and just be like, you know, whatever. Um, like, you know, I got to roll with it and I got to hope that I can find better talent next time. The third was during COVID when the tough decisions were going down about like all bars and restaurants shutting down. Mind you, half of our business is bars and restaurants. We just taken on the barstool deal. Legitimately was like, what did I just do? Like, yeah. like, why did we, why, what are, not why did we, but what are we going to do to come out of this, right? Keep all of our employees on, um, grow the business. We had to pivot so quickly, but like, man, March, April, May, June was ugly. I hated last year, but now I love it. Made, made us who we are today. We, we came out swinging in 2021. And I think it's because we went through hell and back. Dude, I, I love that story, man. My story is I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball by far. My dad beat the shit out of me when I would fail. He did it in front of everybody. Nobody stepped in, not even my mom, nothing. But some way, somehow, I turned very, like my wires got crossed, and I just saw, I felt that everything I was doing, Josh, was happening for a reason, was happening for a reason, was happening for a reason. And when I failed, J-Lo was doing a TV show here in Miami called South Beach Ironic Day. I got casted in it. I go, you know what? I'm going to act, bro. And I'm going to leave Miami. I'm going to get in a car. Everybody that I knew was kind of playing it safe. They were kind of getting married here, whatever. I'm like, fuck that shit. So I got in a 2006 Toyota Corolla, and I drove to Los Angeles. I slept in the Hollywood Hills for six months. I didn't know a single person. I slept in the hills because I thought the studios was in Hollywood. And I learned there the power of your mind and why people go crazy. I would shower and shave at the Equinox in West Hollywood. I would sneak in there. Great spot. Tremendous spot. But now my, my best friend actually owns Sushia right there next to Le Petit Four. Have you ever had sushi there? That's my boy spot. But I didn't know a single person. And I sat there. And I go, if I can make it through this, if I can make it through this, everything else is going to my life is going to be easy. Bro, when I went through that, I did the same thing. When I went to Las Vegas, I didn't know a single person. And I got to the top of the nightclub world. And kind of like you when you sold your first venture, I was like, Bro, is this the way the legend's gonna die in a night in a Las Vegas nightclub? My first time ever playing golf was Shadow Creek with Michael Jordan. Not bad. Not bad for the Jordan Invitational. It was like it's a, but I but I go, what else? What else am I doing? Something you just said is the most important piece. And and I think in terms of mental health awareness, the power of the mind is scary. How what a pendulum it can be, right? You are an example of somebody that went. To the most positive depths of the world, I can you, you radiate positive energy. Even when you're looking, you're a serious, intimidating, good-looking dude, but you, bro. you radiate positivity. I think what's so scary is that when those demons come out, 
how it can go the other way if you don't overcome it. And that's why I feel for people that go through it. Dude, that's why I come at you with, I come at you with so much empathy and I come at you with, and when I say you, any guest that I have on, but let's you, let's talk you in particular, because you don't have a lot of empathetic people looking at you right now, unless it's people on your team or people you do business with or people you partnered up with. Everybody's like, fuck that guy. Right, because that's how life is. It's just is that way. The guy is always looking at a glass has half empty on purpose for you. Of empty, no, 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 no. For you, it's full. For you, oh, he has everything. He, they, yeah. nobody knows anything you're going through, right? So I'm like, man, this guy's nobody. If if uh, in his group, yeah, but so I go. If I can, and I always do this. If I can come and let this guy know. That the most important thing is the subconscious mind, bro. The subconscious mind only knows what you feed it. If you can control that, you can control anything. And the fact that you have the, the pedigree to come up with a Tesla, which you didn't know that was going to become what it's going to become. Who can you figure? The fact that you had the understanding to see the barstool movement. The fact that you had 19 years old to be able to be with these old school beverage guys and be like, oh, you know, that worked. This didn't work. Why are these guys lazy? Why was that? Dude, you're on route to be one of the most special brand mixer guys of, of our generation. You maybe don't know that yet because you're, you're a baby still, you know? I'm 42. You're 31. I got 11 years on you, bro, right? So what you have ahead of you is so special that there's only two ways you're going to go, bro. You're either going to win or you're going to kill. You're going to destroy this whole thing. Right. Yep. So that's why I feel the whole thing of like, bro, you're in a special spot, man. And now that you got a big win under your belt, because any other bit of any, anybody else can go, yeah, the 7.5 million, whatever. Dude, that's a big step, man, because from 7.5 comes 750. You know what I'm saying? You can't go to 750 without 7.5. Yeah. That's a huge move, man. I think so, but what you're describing is like the, the beauty of all of it is that, yes, it's me out there in my own world, but I'm part of a team. And like you just said, in my in my ecosystem, we support each other. There are people out there that are gunning for us. I'd be lying to you if I, I didn't know the people that are trying to sink of course, our ship. Of course. But the reality is, is that, I would say our company refuses to let that get in the way of our, our bright future. I also quickly realized, um, similar to in sports, that a team is much more powerful than the individual. There are certain sports where obviously that's not true, but I'd say any sport that I've participated in. That's why surrounding yourself with people that have that same mind share, that are thinking, how, do the, how can we get you or us to the top? That's who I want to be around. I, I, I've cut out the negativity in my life, the haters, the, the people who are just like, yeah, you know, you could be like sky's blue. And they're like, is it blue? There's some clouds in it. And you're like, right, 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 right. Convince you otherwise. Right. And it took me a long ass time to get rid of those people. Um, but I use it as, I'd say I use it as fuel and motivation. And I think a lot of people should look at it that way. People being negative. It's a good thing. You're doing uh, something right. Uh, 1000%, bro. 1000%. Levi, the French bulldog, is that is that what it, that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Is, is he a positive dude or a negative dude? Levi is my per. I am his human, right? Yeah. And well, I should say my girlfriend is his human too. But 
that's my dude. Uh, he's stoic. He's a blue French bulldog that is just looks like a, a bodybuilder up front with like a tiny little waist in the back. But uh, it's funny. I always wanted a dog growing up and my parents would never get me one. Uh, I came from a divorce household and I never knew they were divorced when I was like two and a half. So I would always split time, right? It would be seven days on seven days on with the other or off. Um, it's funny. My mom said to me the other day, cause she sees how much I'm obsessed with this dog because we have our routine. We go to the beach in the morning. He runs around like a madman. It looks like um, the Tasmanian devil going out there because he gets the zoomies. Right. Well, my mom said to me, she goes, you know, my my biggest regret of uh, raising you is not getting you a dog early on because you thrive off of that companionship. You ask anybody that knows me, I'll make about, I don't know, 70 cold calls a day just for sales regardless because I still love selling. But I'll also talk to about 40 friends throughout the day. I can't be alone. I hate being alone. I'm always in constant contact with people. That dog is like a magnetic force to me. Um, and she's like, you know, I regret not having a dog with you when you were going back and forth. Because a lot of people don't realize a hard part about divorce is that like you're creating your own like life in two different homes. Right. And the dog would be that consistent force that goes with you each way. Right. And when she said that, I was like, you know, you're right. Like, I mean, I bugged, I would, I'd be in church every Christmas Eve and I'd be, you know, praying. I'd be like, God, I'm asking for one gift only, one gift only. Please get me a dog. Please get me a dog. Dude, I love that story. Here, here's my dog story. I'm telling you, man, I think, so as I analyze my, I'm obsessed with the idea of you right now. You've, it, it seems from the research done, you've been with your chick for a while. Marriage is probably coming soon. Then kids. I'm obsessed with the idea of boys with their dads, right? Just because mine, I look at my dad's life and my dad's the youngest of 15 kids. We're from Cuba, left a communist country to come to the United States. Super smart dude. All he wanted in life was to have us around during this time that he would be a grandfather. And he did the completely reverse, pushed us all away. Nobody talks to the guy. My mom divorced him after 30 years. Like, it's just horrible, man. And he prepared me. The irony is he prepared me for everything in life except to deal with him. One day we're in the backyard. We moved to this part here in Miami that it was a new neighborhood that didn't, you know, when you move in new, and these are cookie cutter houses, they don't, there's no fence. You got to put in your own fence, whatever. Josh, one day this beautiful chow chow rolls right on in. And I'm like, oh, that's our dog. Oh my God. So we get Brownie, a little chow chow, and Brownie's the guy. Brownie's the guy. What happens? Brownie goes up, and my dad didn't want to neuter the dog because it felt like it was neutering himself. That's how this dude thinks. So this dude in the middle of the night, what happens? He starts escaping to go be a bachelor and to make his moves. And he would, and he, and Brownie would be in the middle of the of the house when he would come in. The dog would be in the front there, chilling by the front door. He couldn't get in through the hole he created to leave. That kind of thing. Bro, one night without me knowing, <laughs> the dog is at some neighborhood, to, neighborhood messing around with somebody else's dogs. They call. My dad comes and tells my mom, do me a favor. Go grab the dog. Put him in a car. Drive for like 15 minutes. Let him out of the car. Don't bring him back. And don't bring him back. Right? So I wake up the following morning. And I always he's gone. And it was almost like, if I look at my life now, 
and I try to put the serendipity of things, it's like that guy was preparing me that if you're going to win in life, you're not going to be attached to anything mm -hmm. other than whatever it is. Because And that's me trying to find the resilience of, of why. Say, you're, you're looking for the silver linings all of it. I, and everything. Consistently. All aside, I'd say that's pretty terrible move. But it's a, it's a, no, it's, Listen, that with the abuse, it's a horrible move. But as I try to put that in my head now, and then I look at me that I've, I've probably rescued about 30 pit bulls, right? Found them homes when I was in Las Vegas, stuff like that. So I get, and I don't know if you think about this because you're going to be a dad soon, man. And you think about your relationship with your dad. The people who have the best, best upbringing don't become the greats. The greats are people who push the needle are guys that are come from, and women, but adversity. Do you think about that at all? I think about... It constantly because I like being the underdog in most situations. Um, you know, what's funny is like, I, I, I always think about with my upbringing, I was very blessed to be raised by two educators who placed a massive amount of value in education. Sad story of that is my sister, it clicked for her. My sister has been at Google for the past 12, 13 years. Nice. Absolute power woman director level kills it at Google, like at most respect for my sister, Jenny. Um, for me, education was never going to be a thing. I focused more on my efforts of how I could get out of going to class without getting in trouble than actually just reading and showing up. It's not like what I was doing instead of going to class was that beneficial, but I, I set this, the high school school record for most uh, classes cut without a um, expulsion. 237 cuts in a year, my sophomore you, year. Josh, and that's because you were just a people person, right? Like people like just he would be like, oh, like, like, oh, we're going to go to the 7-Eleven, go get Slurpee or something. Eh, go for a Slurpee. It wasn't the Slurpee. I just wanted to hang out with people. I wanted, Dang. you know, and like, I'll never forget if Mr. Perez ever hears this. Mr. Perez was uh, the biggest fan of our baseball team. And my sophomore year, I got pulled up to varsity and he was like, don't even worry about coming to class. Do your thing. I got you. And he, he gave me a B. And I never went to that English class the entire semester. Wow. But, um, you know, the hardest part for me growing up, which is also I'm so glad it happened that way, was I grew up in a town where it was all ridiculously wealthy people. Nice. Uh, the Bay Area, and I'm sure you know of the Bay Area, but, you know, Facebook's there, Apple's there, all the VCs, Menlo Park. I went to a school where my dad was the principal until sixth grade and it would have cost me $40,000 a year if he wasn't principal to go there. Damn, so your network's out of control then, huh? But the crazy part is that like, I always was jealous early on and it wasn't even jealous. It was envious. I was never negative about it, but I was. What were you envious? Cause I, I have something interesting that I'll share with you, but what were you envious of? I was envious of the fact that the kids would get picked up right at 3 3.30 when school would get out. And I'd be with the schoolyard kids till like 5.30 when my mom would be super late. Because my mom was dean of students of a Catholic high school uh, in our hometown. And she, she worked her ass off. She would work so hard. My dad wouldn't be able to take us home because he'd be going up to University of San Francisco to teach night classes after being a principal. Both oh, of them wanted to provide me with every opportunity known to man. For and you and your time, sister. Exactly. So that we would fit into that situation. But I go to these kids' houses and um, 
this is going to sound so random, but I remember when they would have like uh, a nanny there or something like that full time. And we'd be like, you know, in fifth grade or whatever, but they would be there like essentially as the mom. But I remember when we got to my buddy's house and she had laid out grilled cheeses cut in whatever ways. And we had like different snacks and we had sodas and stuff like that. And I remember being like, Oh my God, like why the fuck doesn't my family do this? Right. And then I, I like, and, and I'm like, I am spoiled in that sense that I even had to get, I had friends like that, right? Like the average person doesn't. And then you drive and see the entire world and you go across this country and you realize the poverty that people grow up in. I'm fucking envious of cut grilled cheeses when people like literally don't eat certain days. Yeah, but to, to your empathy, you don't know any better. It's the world where we grew up in. You know, I was the same way. So my mom cleaned houses and when we... We always got stuck. I always got stuck going to summer school, but that those two weeks that summer school didn't start, I would go with her. Me and my sister would go with her to these cleaned houses, and where my dad, who was always cheap, would buy generic brand cereal and stuff like that. I bro, remember I when my mom dad would go to Walmart, and we just literally whatever the cheapest was. Yeah, bro. Instead of getting the two can Fruit Loops, you get the Walrus. You know, you get the, the imitation, dude, bro. And I remember something. Was a soda brand that you would always get instead of coca-cola it wasn't even rc it was like well we got lucky because since he worked for pepsi at least oh, you had the hook you we had, had hook. a little bit of a hookup with at least bro but just my dad was just my dad was so bad that my dad used to get us in a car drive to naples look at hotels and drive back that that was that was a vacation that was it that was it. we get in a car drive and like what I tell people, man, if it wasn't for the abuse and that fear of a guy hitting you or getting bad, they were, it's family bonding experiences. But where he fucks it up is that there's always that, that turn that like, oh my God, we get kicked out of a party because my dad didn't know how to behave. We did this, we did that. Just horrible, man. But as I look at it, I just... As now and as I'm in a position where I'm like the kid whisperer now, I get about 500 to 1,000 DMs of kids and parents all over the country reaching out to me, and I tell them this, and I want to see if you agree with this. Sports, to me, is a relationship play. It's where you build relationships. I had on probably two weeks ago the last team that I coached in Beverly Hills they're a little bit younger than you. They're now 25, 24, 23 years old. In that team, I kept in touch with three kids. One of them, Justin Shagarian. Justin co-founded Psalm Sleep. You heard of Psalm Sleep? I don't think I have. It's like an energy drink, but to go to sleep. I love it's that. It's a drink to go to sleep. Uh, Psalm, I think it's S-O-L-M. I'm going to link you guys up to there. He's in he's in Beverly Hills, the official partner of MLB, NBA, stuff like that. Really big deal. A kid that I worked with when he was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Co-created that. Stevie Dunn, who his dad created Munchkin, the baby product company. Heard of Munchkin? Yes. They're pretty up there. And then the last one who I just had, who surprisingly did so good on the episode, bro. Tony. Tony T, who his dad, Ted, is the CEO of Netflix. And... I tell people, sports, relationship, yep. not win or lose, not my son is better than yours, Josh, not, oh, you don't pick my son, 
relationship, man? How important have relationships been to you? I mean, I can tell you right now, I had a buddy who literally posted uh, an entire bag from CVS with all of our Owen SKUs in it from a guy I played baseball with in high school, summer league, not even literally like on my regular baseball team. And I, and I responded to it because he tagged me in the photo and I said, dude, like your support, you don't even get it. Your support means more than you'll ever know. Meaning the fact that I've had some impact on your life and vice versa, where we were cool enough to that you're buying my product and we haven't talked in like 20 years. I can't tell you that is my favorite part of this. Like I would lie. I'd be lying if I said like that I'm in it to win it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the reality is, is that those small moments of, of people in my life that are still supporting me that I haven't kept in touch with. And I want to keep in touch with everybody. The reality is you can't. Yeah. But I do make a point of acknowledging each person that that supports us, and I make sure that they know how much it means to me. And it comes from a genuine place, but it's funny that sports, to me, I think similar to you, I felt there was too much pressure on me early on. And the mentality that you just mentioned of, like, it's not about win or lose, it's about the relationships, I think I would have even been better if that were the case. We because all would have been. We all would have been. It would have been fun. We would have competed. Exactly. And I, but what I, what I wish there was more of with youth, is helping people understand that their creativity or their inability to sit still, can be harnessed and used to their advantage. And I think that we've always been raised in a society that basically says to you. Oh, like if you don't color inside the lines, there's something wrong with you and you'll never figure it out. Now it's getting better where people are, you know, starting to be like, you know, uh, want people to be entrepreneurs and back them up with their ideas and give them the tools to succeed. But the reality is in sports, that win or lose mentality overshadows the true meaning of sport, which is sportsmanship, team, bonding, networking, networking, right? And, 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 when I played intramural basketball, I remember like freshman year, I was out there networking, but convincing the best players to be on my team. Cause right. I knew I wasn't going to be like it at my size or whatever. I knew I wouldn't win every game by myself. So I go after the guys that could shoot the best in the team, in the gym, the gym, the tallest dudes. But I think the networking aspect of sports is something that is definitely not talked about enough. And if you can convey that to younger kids and say, Hey, of course you should want to win every game, but the reality is the relationships that you're making there, they'll be a part of your life the rest of your life if you if you handle them. Josh, and the thing is, it's not the kids, bro. It's the it's parents. The parent. It's the parents. Yeah. Trying to relive their glory days through a child when they sucked. 1,000%. You know, when I hear new dads being like, oh, got a golf club in my kid's hand already. Like, I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're projecting. You're literally projecting your insecurities on your kid. Why not turn them into the best cold caller ever at an early age? Teach them how to sell. Teach them how to, uh, you know, fill out an, a balance sheet. Stuff like that. Teach them how to matter. Teach them how to make other people feel good. How about you teach your son? Hey man, go up to that guy and tell him that shirt looks good. Go up to him. Hey that's a cool hairstyle, bro. Hey man, I like your shirt. Just stuff. It's crazy. I had on. I just posted the episode today with uh, Rory Sabatini who's a pretty good golfer and his dad, his parents were both golfers 
and they just took him to the range. They didn't force him to go. And he just, the more he did, the more they saw. And you're absolutely right, man. I've always said this. I think we should eliminate algebra two. We should have calculus, all this stuff, and put in how to be empathetic, how to be vulnerable as a dude, how to say you don't know, how to say you're sorry, stuff that we just think it's a given, and nobody has a fucking clue of what's going on. You know the best the the one thing that my dad was most proud of me as a young age. This is very random. Was my ability to shake a hand and look somebody in the eye, and people would always give him that compliment. And it was because he told me, "You're going to be way weaker than anybody that you're shaking the hand." He's like, "If it's <laughs> someone that's fragile, don't break their hand." But he's like, "You have first impressions are everything," and he always says, "You shake it as firm as you can and look them dead in the eye, even if it's uncomfortable. You're intimidated." That sets the tone for what happens next. And when you get the the jellyfish handshake from anybody, you're like, fuck's that about? And right? People hate on the kids, and it's not the kids' fault because it's the parents that are not doing that. That's the thing. Two more questions, bro. Two more questions. What's your favorite type of music? I have a very eclectic uh, music. You can hear one CD or one person. I mean, Billy Joel, without a doubt. What Billy Joel song? uh scenes of italian restaurant um but that entire album living in new york city is like the most relevant album of all time of like growing up into a man in new york city but um scenes of italian restaurant it reminds me of my girlfriend and i it's our favorite song together it's crazy so when my dad only had respect for me once i made it in vegas not that dude was in heaven, bro. Because it was showy, right? And he could he could be like, he was friends, look at my yes, boy. Yes. He didn't have any friends, but just look at my son, my son. And I was the fucking guy because I went old school and I put everybody in the Bellagio in my pocket. Like literally, I had so much power and I never used it because all I did was work and take care of people. So I built such arsenal of like, give you a perfect example. My boy, John George, who's the chef of Prime One Top, he used to come to hide. And I spent Thanksgiving with that guy. John George, cook first for, person to buy Sir Kensington's ketchup at ABC Kitchen. At ABC, oh. who's, there you go. So he would come and he would cook for me. He's literally cooking for me. And I'm sitting there like, listen, bro, I don't need too much. Food. He's like, no, man, let me make you. The it's crazy. But Julian Serrano, who has two restaurants there, same thing, man. And one weekend that he was there he's like oh i want to go to billy joel billy joel billy joel cuban accent billy joel billy joel i go i got you bro i call over i think it was at the win to get a limo my man goes backstage they hooked them the dude was in heaven bro in heaven man josh with you man i'm so proud of you i want you to not only win man but i want you to really attack that part of your heart that's telling you to share your story, to share your wins, your loss and stuff with more people because what's going to happen is you're really in a phenomenal position to help so many young people that are like, fuck, man, I'm not an Elon Musk, but man, Josh, look at Josh's story. I can do that, man. So I couldn't wish you more success and more Appreciate good that. things to come your way, my man. You Before well. I let you go, any questions for me, man? Anything I can help you with? No, I can't tell you how how enjoyable this was. You know, a lot of the a lot of these situations, you don't know what to expect. And I had some expectations going in, but 
if I could start every day off like this with, with a positivity hour, uh, I would do it. Um, but I, I admire not only what you're doing, but the fact that when you ask a question and I can tell that you're actually listening and you're actually thinking about that, how I'm responding to that, it's something that is the most admirable trait in anybody. An active listener that actually cares is the most rare person in the world. So um, I have no questions for you, but I just wanted to say thank you. And this was uh, amazing. And then where are you right now in Miami? I'm in Miami, bro. When you come down here, we got to we gotta do I'm something. In a couple weeks, I might have to take you for some cocktails at Komodo or Swan. Let's do it. Let's do it. You coming down? You'll meet my wife. We'll come down. We'll do something. We'll... We'll hit the golf. You might we'll actually meet Levi, the French guy, in person. You're gonna nice. I, I, I'm down with that, dude. I, I'm so down with that. Where can the people find you? Where do we want to push them to? Um, nationwide CVS, eight thousand stores just got that deal. Publix, if you're in the southeast, Kroger throughout the country, Safeway, Albertsons, Bonds, and then the easiest way, if you don't want to go to the store, go on Amazon Prime. Um, have all of our SKUs, but um. Yeah, thank you for letting me tell my, my part of the story, and uh, thanks for having me. I love it. We got a big bilingual community, buddy, so get ready. The, the Latins love their, their alcohol. Great so. lime pairs beautifully with tequila. There it is. There it is. Don't right. leave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up with you the right way. Don't leave. Boom, there it is. Thank you guys so much for listening, for showing love. Please go give them love. Give Owens Mixers love. You should try them. Very good. Great reviews. He sent me a ton of them. I strongly recommend it. I don't know if a lot of people here in Miami use Owen Mixers, but let's go. Let's get the word out. Let's use it. Let's support my boy. He's doing great things. And I'll see you in the next one. Remember, at the end of the day, two things you can control is your effort and your attitude. And please go hard and do your thing. See you on the next one.